Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. New team! Assemble! Bigger than ever, it's the unofficial 40 from Soonerscoop.com. Now, here's the entire Soonerscoop crew, Carrie, Josh, Eddie, and Bob. All right, we are back. It is the unofficial 40 podcast right here on Soonerscoop.com. Podcast is the entire crew is with us even. Josh McQuistion, who is on vacation, and uh, we actually were hoping that he just blew us off. Oh, wow. we had all kinds of shit to talk, <laughs> and then boom! All of a sudden, I I was predicting out of nowhere, Josh. I was predicting like day drinking, uh, and you calling in forty five minutes after the pod started, or not calling in, but just texting us saying, "Hey guys, do you need me? I can still hop on." That that is a favored maneuver of mine, especially <laughs> with day drinking. Uh, now I will say, I for all of this vacation, I have not touched a drop of alcohol yet. Um, unbelievably enough, that's coming, uh, huh? Yeah, it, it's a surprise to me as well. I'm not. I'm not saying this was the plan. Uh, Tiffany has come down with the flu, so I've been de- I've yeah. been on full time dad duty for most of the uh, vacation so far. Well, now she can't save a life now that she's got the flu on this vacation, like she did yep. on the last one. Yes, yes, it, it's a little less dramatic this time around, that's for sure. By the way, we got we got uh, some interesting things to get to today. It, it has been a little slow on the recruiting, probably the slowest it's been in a year. I mean, really, uh, well, slowest it's been since Burt Venables has been the head coach for sure because they're just – and that's good. I mean, the coaches need some time off. I mean, this calendar has been ridiculous. I mean, there's a reason that they're talking about changing it. Uh, but we'll get what they're – you know, we'll talk about what theirs. Josh was just at some camps. Uh, Josh, here's one thing I wanted to ask you, and I and, and we have a Bears fan in the room, so I better watch myself. Uh, and 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 Bob, feel free to chime in. I I'm fascinated by the decision that the Bears have. Like, right? To, Me too. Actually, is it is it worth taking a, a potential franchise quarterback and and trading him when you think you have a better franchise, franchise. quarterback in, in Bryce Young on the hook? I. I think it is. Would you do it? Would you do it, Josh? Yes. Two years in, like, Justin Fields has shown promise. I'm not saying he hasn't, but I think you can get some value for him on somebody who doesn't have any, you know, like any hope of, okay, this guy, this next guy is our guy. As a Colts fan, I would gladly take Justin Fields over with the possibility of Will Levis, which makes me want to throw up a little bit. Oh, they're saying Richardson um, today. I saw a mock with Richardson in Richardson? today. Richardson? Yeah. He's that high up? Oh. As number oh, one. God. CBS, Even apparently. Worse. Really? Yeah. I think on three has him. Uh, well, the on three was, as well. they were showing CBS's mock draft. On It was on gotcha. three tweet. Gotcha. Okay. Here's the problem. Everybody, like, when, when these exceptions happen, like Josh Allen – suddenly becoming a 65% passer when he'd shown that at no point in his career or Pat Mahomes refining his game 
under a great offensive mind like Andy Reid. And I, you know, and I think guys like us that saw Pat Mahomes for several years and got to watch full games, we knew the talent like was there. I think more people are surprised about him than should be. But everybody takes these outliers and is like, well, okay, just find every athletic freak that can't complete passes with any sort of consistency, and the, the NFL will just coach him up and fix it up. It doesn't work like that. Yeah, that Pat Mahomes a, was never. Outlier. Pat Mahomes was never. Justin Fields. I mean, he was never yes. he, he was better as a passer. I mean, Justin yes, Fields yes. was a better passer at Ohio State uh, than a lot of pe- lot of players. But I mean, like the Richardson kid, he is not Pat Mahomes. Sorry, there's nothing. There, there's no Will Levis as Pat Mahomes as a thrower. It's just not. It's not there. It's not comparable. No, they're they're both amazing athletes. But like, if you, it's kind of you know, it's one of those things where like. Will Levis and Anthony Richardson say we're talking back half of the first round? Okay, right. I can get behind yep. that risk reward. Like, but number four? No, you, you can have a future All Pro. I mean, guys, we're talking about that's where Trent Williams was drafted. That's where Lane Johnson was drafted. You could have your ten-year tackle at that position. You know, with multiple Pro Bowls, probably you know maybe a Hall of Fame career, or you know. It, I, not this isn't a great tackle draft, but just as an example, you have that ability to draft that level of player, and instead you're going to take a quarterback. And I, I'm, I'll come back to the original question. I would do that for Bryce Young because to me, in this in this NFL era, if you don't have the quarterback, you're nowhere. So like I I know that the two things I'm saying don't make sense there, and I I acknowledge it, <laughs> but you have to have some level of belief. And I don't have any belief in anybody outside of Stroud and Young, and I think Young is better of the two by miles. I pulled up that on three tweet, uh, CBS uh, mock draft. Congratulations, Josh McQuiston. Your Colts, will ta- uh, Colts are taking Anthony Richardson with the first pick. Oh. But they also have C.J. Stroud ranked eighth in this mock draft. So congratulations. We read through the smoke screen. Josh, you're going to get C.J. Stroud as your first pick. <laughs> I, I can live with, I live with that, yeah. I, I, I can get my head around that one. Um, because I think there's a world where he's a better pro than he was a college guy with all the run scheme and all the stuff they do in college that doesn't fit him as well. Um, or at least that's not what he wants to do. I Clearly against Georgia, he can do it. It's just not what he wants to do. Where do you think, where do you think Will Anderson will rank in terms of Alabama – defensive players is I mean is he can I guess the question I'm asking will he be more impactful than than anyone other than some of the defensive linemen that have come into the league I I I think so I think you're going I mean like if you want to talk about Alabama pass rushers like I think you're going back to like Derek Thomas like I think he's that special um now will he be that good I don't know but like the, the thing about him is everything you hear is not just like Oh, he's a great talent. He's a great player. Like this is a guy that came back, you know, like or I, I guess no, he's a junior. He's a junior. Um, but he he could have sat out the bowl game. He could have done all that stuff. He didn't do any of it. Like everything you hear about him is he's made up of the right stuff. He acts like a pro. He does all the little things that you need to do to be better. And then you mix that with he's six foot five and can run. I mean, guys, think about this. Drew Sanders has a chance to be a first round NFL pick. If not, he's a second rounder and he couldn't sniff the field on those amongst uh, Dallas Turner and Will Anderson. I mean, that, that tells you how 
prodigious that kid's talent is. Yeah, I mean, I'm just I'm I'm trying to look at reason. I just looked up uh, Alabama NFL just to kind of look at some of the players, and it is amazing that I mean, as good as they are, they they put a lot of guys in the league, but they don't really have like that superstar guy. Yeah, they don't have yeah. that that Aaron Ra- or Aaron. Uh, um, Defensive tackle, the Rams. Donald. Donald. They don't have that type of player in the league. I mean, it was Julio for a while. I mean, like that was the guy you're like, "Whoa, that's a freak!" Like he, he's thought legitimately Quinn and Williams. The... That yeah, really I thought he Quinn was going to be awesome. He had a pretty good year, Quinn and Williams. And he got he? hurt, and yeah, yeah he's yeah. been battling. Derrick Henry, I guess, has kind of been that guy for a while. I mean, sure. Rolando McLean was really good, and then he just like quit out of the blue. But he had some. I think he had some kind of mental health issues. Alabama has an NFL problem. I think that's what we've gotten to. <laughs> why would? Well, that's Guys, what. Remember, why would you go to Bama? Right. That, that was the question that was asked. This is something you hear. You know, to kind of bring it to recruiting a little bit. This is something you hear a lot from schools that recruit like the big. Um, you know, I don't know of a better way to put it than like the suburban schools, the Allens, the South Lake Carrolls, some of that stuff where. They're like, these guys are pretty maxed. Like they they've been in a real weight program. They've got coaches, you know, they've got they've got a full time strength and conditioning coach. they it's not some guy that's like, Oh, I lift weights in the summer and so I'll be the S and C guy. Like, this is a dude that he knows nutrition, he knows all the proper stuff. Like he is and I, there's only a couple of them in the state of Oklahoma. Uh, I know Jordan Johnson at Owasso, and I believe Jinx has one still, because Jordan came over from Jinx. And I think they hired a replacement. I believe Bixby has one as well. Uh, actually, I imagine know Bixby, that it's those those three schools. <laughs> yeah, no, exactly. And you know who Eddie? You you may remember this name. It's Connor Myers. Yeah, that oh used yeah, to be the D lineman yeah. Edmund Memorial. Yeah, so mm-hmm. um, you know was a was a really good high school player, just undersized. But um, what about Ashawn you know, Robinson? That's another name that was just big time. That oh, uh, you know. And again, a guy kind of broke the streak there for a while. A lot of people tell you you can't recruit Fort Worth ISD. Like, those guys just don't pan out. You know, you had Darius White way back in the day. Uh, Rashad Favors, you know, was a teammate of Darius. But there's been a lot of them, uh, including the kid um, that went to Baylor a few years ago, the receiver that was so good. Um, But there's been two. Ashawn came out and had a nice career. And then um, the receiver that went to Oklahoma State, uh, his brother was the quarterback, and I'm just going to blank out on their names. Um, He got drafted by the Ravens a couple years ago. Uh, Wallace. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Tyler. Tyler Wallace. Yeah, yeah, I couldn't think of Tyler Wallace. Tyler and Tracine, I think. I think that's right. Because he had the big game in Bedlam. Um, and he was kind of hurt, and OSU, if I remember right, came back. He had a couple big catches late in that one. 2018, um, yeah, the 48-47, yeah. yeah. Really, it's like, yeah. I mean, what's funny is, like, I'm, I'm just kind of roster hopping here real fast, but, like, that 2013 team that OU beat, like, look at the names that I, were good right? in the NFL, like, Ha Clinton, Dix. Uh, they were all young, too. I mean, AJ, Amari uh, uh, Cooper. By the way, A.J. McCarron's a quarterback in the XFL. XFL legend, A.J. McCarron. I thought it was kind of sweet. He said he wanted to he wanted to play so his sons could see him play football. I thought it was kind of sweet. But, uh, no, but I, who was the linebacker that year that was, like, all everything? Uh, C.J. Mosley. Mosley. Like, he's still yep. in the league and, and starting. Like, mm-hmm. And I, he had a terrible game that game. And I remember seeing him. 
when we were doing individual uh, interviews, and I just thought, like, this is the guy? Like, this is an Alabama, you know, five-star linebacker? Because, you know, yeah, Reuben Foster Henry was like walked a, in and was like, oh, well, yeah. shit. Well, Reuben Foster was on that roster, yeah. too. And, I mean, Reuben Foster is probably the first guy uh, that I – when he was at the, uh, the first five-star, Josh, when I saw him on the field – I was like, I need to leave. This man scares me just looking at him. I mean, he was a beast. Guys, listen to this Alabama freshman class on that roster. This is the freshman class. Alvin Kamara, Reuben Foster, Derek Henry, Eddie Jackson, Chris Black, um, Robert Foster was on that team. Uh, let's see. Uh, Cooper Bateman didn't do much. But, like, Alti Tenpenny was the kid from yeah. Arkansas that was right. a big deal. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, uh, da- uh, the Dalvin Tomlinson kid that I think ended up at Duke, if I remember right, and became a uh, – I, I want to say he was a first or second round pick, if I remember right. So My I all-time mean, Tim, man crush was on that. Tim that, Williams. In that class, too, O.J. Howard. O.J. Howard was awesome. O.J. Howard, Sean Robinson. I mean, I'm still just – Jonathan Allen w- was in that class. I mean, like, that freshman class had, like, 12 draft – like, high, high-end draft picks in it can see why they had uh, quite a bit of success from uh, 2014 to, oh, you know, God. whenever. <laughs> hey, but all those guys were rated three stars. Stars don't matter. Right. It's not a, it's not a big deal. Right. <laughs> no, uh, I, I'm sorry for taking us on the uh, Alabama tangent like that. But, w- look, we got some stuff to get to uh, OU related. Uh, it is time for our uh, Enjoy Fresh Perspective uh, look ahead uh, as uh, we've got uh, – well, there's not a lot to look ahead to after last night's basketball game. Uh, baseball is getting things started. Softball lost a game. Like, what happened Because I'm covering you. Uh, Bob, you're a jinx. <laughs> uh, I've got a really good uh, softball NIL story for you later. Uh, but, uh, no, so basketball, at least we don't have to send Bob. We don't have to spend money sending Bob to Kansas City because we know that's not worth it. Uh, but looks like they're squarely – you can almost put put the – In pen. They're the 10, ten, you ten can, seed. You can put their nail in their coffin because they're not going to the NCAA tournament. Uh, enjoy fresh perspective. Look ahead. Brought to you by Enjoy Vision. Uh, Eddie is uh, not only a client, but he's also a client. Yeah, I kind of wish you know after watching go, you play basketball for the last two months. I kind of wish that I you didn't get have undone. Great vision. Yeah, I might have to go in and see if they can just blind me. <laughs> uh, enjoy Vision is the best laser vision center in Oklahoma City. Not even close. A uh, combination of mind blowing technology, experienced eyeball surgeons, and exceptional patient care was life-changing for me. Uh, one of the easiest things that I've done, it was something that I had, you know, always thought about doing and I was just always kind of worried about, I guess, getting over that hump and having people operate on my eyes. It was uh, truly easy. Couple, uh, couple pre-check uh, appointments went in. Three hours later, I had perfect vision. So you can go to enjoywithme.com, use the promo code U40 to save and start Seeing as good as me, uh, they're giving four hundred dollars off LASIK, so it's mm. a pretty good uh, deal. That is the letter N J O Y with me dot com promo code U forty. Enjoy vision. This is where you LASIK, and they also give you free drugs. That's right. Okay, it is time now for our Enjoy Vision look ahead or look back, which is uh, much more constructive this week, uh, as we had the big media scrum. Uh, we're going to talk a lot about that and what happened there. Uh, Brent Venables had a 52-minute uh, press conference. We got to talk to all the players. I, got, I had a chance to talk to Trace Ford, Jackson Arnold, uh, PJ, the, the transfer from uh, Michigan, who I, I really enjoyed talking to. Uh, and, uh, you know, it, it, softball lost their first game uh, to Baylor. 
And uh, we also had Bijan Cortez taking a leave of absence just hours before Oklahoma took on Texas Tech. And we're going to talk more with that uh, with Bob Prisbillo, who is here as well. Uh, but guys, let's start off with, and then of course Josh was at a recruiting camp, the uh, UC camp, and uh, he'll he'll update us on uh, what he saw there. Uh, lots of interviews uh, from that as well. Uh, but let's start off with uh, uh, you know the Brent Venables uh, press conference and and the media blitz that we were allowed to have. And once again, none of us have ever seen anything like that. Me in twenty years. Nope. Uh, I know Bob, you wrote about that as the lead in your story. Uh, but every single newcomer, every single uh, recruit was in there that's mid-semester -trans mid transfer, uh, and nothing was off limits. I mean, when I talked to Trace Ford, he was wide open, and he kept getting asked over and over. It was like a – because it was like a round table. Like a exactly. group would come and ask a lot of the same questions that just been asked. But Trace Ford, you know, handled the questions about transfer and the announcement and all the, the trolling OSU fans have done to him, and he admitted he trolled them a little bit with the announcement, but uh, start with you, Eddie. Let's start with you. Um, just kind of what your biggest impressions and takeaways from that day, uh, other than Danny Stutzman is a massive, massive human being. Yeah, his chest has gotten massive. <laughs> it was uh, it was pretty impressive to see. I And, you know, I, I think that we all said last week that we weren't going to come in here and say how well-spoken everybody was. Articulate. And articulate, but I was pretty blown away with how well they handled the media stuff, just from an aspect of, uh, being pretty upfront with everything, you know, Rondell Bothroyd, I thought was pretty impressive and how he went about, you know, kind of answering how he got to Oklahoma and the buy-in from a lot of the guys, especially on the defensive side of the ball. And, you know, kind of an idea of like, why the hell would you come here? Uh, considering what they put out there on the field a year ago, but I don't know it, you know, I, I, I like the song McCulloch. I know that, uh, Bob, you wrote about him today, just kind of being ready to kind of, fill into the uh, cheetah position from day one. There's a lot of these guys, though, that we talked to uh, last week, whether it be a Rondell Bothroyd or a, uh, you know, Trace Ford or Desan, whoever they, Reggie Pearson, I thought was pretty impressive. They have to come in and be day one contributors. I mean, they have to come in and give some type of contribution from day one or, you know, this, I'm not going to say it's all for, for not, but, you know, I, I did think that, you know, Peyton Bowen, Jackson Arnold, they've been through this before, but even uh, Peyton Bowen and kind of his uh, pitch and why he decided to ultimately end up at Oklahoma, I thought was kind of interesting just as far as, you know, buying into what Brent Venables has done, his track record, not just what he did a year ago or and what the they whole, didn't do a year The whole ago. story about Peyton Bowen and Oregon and not putting yeah, AM the AM or PM, PM thing, on this. I didn't even know that that's a, like a thing. I I don't know. Is that it? I don't think I, he lied about it. No, but I wondered if Oregon could not have pressed the issue if they wanted to. Sure. Like, yeah. You know, and said, well, we have. I mean, obviously, they. It, it's kind of cool Oregon on their doesn't, part. Uh, strike me as a school that's just making sure every uh, I is dotted <laughs> and every T is crossed, right? Yeah. I mean, I mean, what would have been the problem, I guess, if. if what if they just wrote it in for him? Yeah. I mean, yeah, exactly. Like, he signed it. I mean,. Dan Lanning doesn't have problems handing out bags of cash, but he can't put AM or PM. I guarantee I, Dan Lanning. I'm stunned that's where the line fell. I, right. I, I guarantee Dan Lanning probably didn't know about it. Probably compliance yeah. called and yeah, didn't maybe get him so. involved. And once he found out, I bet he was super I had pissed. never heard that story. And, you know, Jackson talked about how the entire, you know, because everybody, everybody thought Peyton was going to do OU from the get-go. Yeah. And yeah. then, like, just the, I think the surprise, I think he was, like, almost genuinely kind of hurt that he's like, 
my best friend like lied to me this entire time. <laughs> like what the hell happened? But, uh, you know, I, the biggest takeaway for me was just, it seems like as a whole, there is a certain particular type of player that Oklahoma is going after, and particularly in the portal, Bob, you've talked about this before. Yep. Uh, it's going to be a guy that, are you a captain? Are you somebody that has been looked at as a leader on your, your former college team? And if you are, those kind of are gateways to uh, start a transfer portal recruiting process from Oklahoma. I'm going to say that from what I witnessed, I, I do not believe that there are any Brandon Millers in that room <laughs> last week. But will it work? That's what I'm like. You brought Jonah Laulu and TD Roof. You brought high character guys last year, too. Sure. Well, and does, you gotta, it, does it pan gotta, out? They does gotta, it they work gotta be able well, to stay look, healthy? I think we can all agree Justin Broyles, high character guy. Sure, that doesn't mean that it's that going to win a Buckus Award. That didn't stop Brent Venables from this quote, which was, I think we'll be an improved group. <laughs> oh, man, that was Talk nasty. about safeties. We lost a bunch of guys. We know that. We didn't lose a lot of production lost in the secondary. Bodies. <laughs> but we lost a bunch of bodies. That's that was, savage. That Just really savage. was. I, I don't think people heard it initially. when it was like, I looked at Eli. I'm like, dude, did you just hear that? He's like, what? No, seriously, you need to go back and listen to that. That was, woof. Yeah, that's one of those where Britt talks a lot and it slipped. he slipped that in and people it kind of went under the radar. And then after you transcribe and read it back, you're like, whoa. We, I mean, to repeat that, uh, he didn't lose a lot of production. We didn't lose a lot of production in the secondary, but we lost a bunch of bodies. <laughs> oh Ahmad Kaba ricochet shots Ooh. almost. Wow. Hey. It, it is what it is, but it's true. Like it's look absolutely at, yeah. true. Look at look at all the places that these but they guys lost. Landed. I mean, they still great. They still have Woody back. It's not a shot at Woody. It's not a no. shot at, at, at Jaden Davis. I don't think I mean, it's a shot at Broyles. I think it's, it's a little bit of a shot at Broyles. God, can it just be honest? It, it can just be honest, right? Like that. That's just like it is what it is. I don't know. I think we're all a bit like I think we all expected things to change, and I still don't understand why the personnel didn't change more in the secondary. But at the same time, like, I, and I say this as a guy that thinks uh, again. We say this every damn time. Think the world of Justin Broyles. Think he's going to be great as a person and whatever he's going to do. But as a college football player, there's not a lot of evidence to say he's the guy that that that's the guy you want to you know like that's a huge loss for your defense yeah i mean billy bowman's still there you're bringing in peyton bowen you've got you know guys pearson pearson coming in i mean and we don't know about him i mean he's a guy he's a fifth he's a he's a super he's just a fifth year he's a super senior i can't remember i know bothroyd's a super senior i think pearson is a super senior i think that's right i'm checking i should have it marked on my Oh, it says right scholarship. there. Eddie's got the. Yeah, he's a fifth. Yes. He's a fifth. Yep. Yeah, I mean, uh, the super seniors, Austin Stogner, yeah. uh, Bothroyd, and Reggie Pearson. Yeah, okay. Yeah. There yep. you go. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. 
I say fifth. That's confusing. I, yeah, it doesn't mean anything taller, now. I put, the, <laughs> I put the five next to it. If that, that's my little markation of a guy that's literally playing his fifth year of football. And I so. hate to say that, but it is a bit of an indictment if you're a super senior. It just means that you weren't ready to mm-hmm. go to the NFL. Unless you had an injury. Yeah, Bothery talked about and like he he made that he had to make a decision. Yeah. does he want to put tape together or just take a chance and you know kind of bet on himself? And I think that he looked at what Todd Bates had put together, a little bit of more freedom and what they want to do with the defensive line. And you know, it, it kind of seems almost too like they've sold these guys, uh, you know, particularly the portal guys, and then maybe even some of the freshman guys that you know, like what they did a year ago is far from what they want to be able to do here in years to come. Yeah, because they mentioned yeah. a lot. Like, they were showing Clemson film. Right. Clemson right. film. Uh, was like, the OU film it, didn't that, that correlate. That stuck out to me as well. <laughs> it didn't correlate to what we're actually trying to do. It, it, it was almost, and I know that they didn't do this, but it's it's almost to the point of, it's like, they just almost had to grit their teeth and say, we're going to get through this shit this year and move on after that. It's like, it is what it is. We... Inherited well, I mean, what and, we inherited. And, and just and, talking about the roster turnover, he's basically saying we've had to reboot this program. Yeah, I mean, that's a stunning number. What was it, 53 of the 71 guys on the Al- on the Alamo Bowl, like Alamo Bowl roster are no longer with the program? And I get that, you know, obviously some are going to graduate, some are going to leave, some are going to declare, all that kind of stuff. But the turnover in, you know, just over 365 days has been, it's been incredible. 13 months, basically. Well, and you know, part of it is just guys left that didn't need to leave, like the you know Trayvon West and um, who's the other receiver, Darby, uh, Dar- Brian Darby. Like they, they if they just stuck around, they would have gotten playing time. It's it's stunning to me how many of these guys that did enter the portal that we still and, don't know. You know and, we don't and know where even like going. somebody like a Jordan Mukes that it's just like Abilene Christian, yeah, interesting. Like it, it it it's interesting to me that a bunch of these guys did not land at you know well, what I, I mean, would say I is good programs. Does it say more about what Grinch and previous staff did with evaluation, evaluation process, yeah. or what happened when that kid arrived on campus and they didn't put in the work to become better? Or or you know like Mukes, I mean we all thought he was a good player, but we didn't know where he fit, and you know sure. he was at corner, like and we were like corner really, like not safety, like. Sometimes those were the decisions, not so much evaluation, but just just position evaluation. Yeah. It was sometimes baffling. And then, of course, if you're a young guy, if you get put in a position you're learning for the first time, you're not natural at, you get frustrated and then you leave. So I, I think it's a, Josh, I think it's just a lot of those things. It's hard to pinpoint just one. Oh, yeah. It's not. Well, because, I mean, guys, like we talk about that being a Grinch thing. Look at Alton Tarber. He still doesn't have a home, as far as I know. No, and um, I, you know that—that's a guy that. Kevante Henry. Yeah, they—they yeah. they made a those, point to go after that guy. How could those guys leave school? Like, are they just not playing football are, are anymore? They, are they at OU? Are they taking OU classes? I have no idea. Like, what? It's, what the heck they're that's doing? That's insane to at me that point. so many of these guys entered the portal and they haven't—they literally haven't enrolled anywhere. Like, are they just not going to school? I guess they're just thinking like. Well, when spring football is over, I'll, there'll be new spots open up, and I'll just make the decision then. So I, they're probably here going to school. You hope they are. You hope they didn't just pack up their bags right. and, yeah. and leave and not have that type of thought. Well, I can find Alton Tarber in the OU people search. I cannot find Kevontae Henry currently. 
So I don't know if that means anything or not, but that's an interesting side note. Um, but yeah, guys, I mean, like you said, I mean, there's, there's a million reasons, uh, you know, Jordan Mukes at Abilene Christian, Abilene Christian's got a good track record of developing guys. Um, you know, obviously out there right now is Julian Wilson. Yep. So there's some connection to the state and some interest. Um, so I, you know, I, I thought a lot of these, I, I don't think Arizona state's a bad landing spot for Clayton Smith. Yeah. Um, I, I think that is interesting, but like some of these guys, I mean, you know, Bryson Washington, remember how big that was when you landed him. Um, you know, there was the whole story of, I believe the whole staff was at a Rangers game. Yes, they were. Yep. And, and when he, when they found out and there was this huge celebration that, you know, they, I think they'd rented out some luxury box and it was a big deal. And, you know, several years later, he's at New Mexico. Like, I mean, it just, you know, th- there's, there's a lot of things that surprise you guys. One of the things you guys were talking about at receiver, looking at Theo Weiss's situation, do you think that would just, he just had to cleanse his palate? Like I just, yes. I, I've done it long enough. I can't cause you can't tell me that's a better situation. Their quarterback situation is shakier. That's not a great program. Like I, and Oklahoma needs help at receiver. Like I just, and I, you know, Theo is a kid I've known forever. So like, I'm not, I, I wish him nothing but the best, but it just seems like a strange choice. You do have to remember how Brent phrased that he loved cause he, he wanted to be a starter. So it almost is like they'd already decided Theo wasn't a starter. From everything that I've been told through his injuries, he's lost so much speed. He, mm-hmm. he, he wasn't going to win a starting job at Oklahoma. Like he's not, he's no longer the athlete that he once was when he came in because of all the injuries. Fair enough. Oh, and maybe he felt like Missouri was a little step down. They, their roster wasn't, other than having, you know, what the Luther kid, I mean, um, what's his name? Burden. 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 Like, not a huge roster. I mean, I think he felt like he could go in there and make an impact. And he probably, and I'm sure LaDamian probably helped him with that. You know, guys, and, and by the way, good for him the, getting that that uh, promotion before he even really took us a D one. I mean, we were wondering like, is he going to stay at Oklahoma? And then he gets the Western Kentucky job, and now he's already jumped to a better job. That's South Florida. Yeah. Yep. So congrats I, to him. I'll be shocked if he doesn't climb pretty fast. Like I, I haven't heard any like recruit, coach, everybody raves about the person he is. Like I, I think he will do very well. Um, but guys, one of the interesting guys I don't think we've talked about him, Walter Rouse. His comments about how, like, he was like, I'm going pro after this season yes. regardless. Yeah. And I was like, well, that's, that's really honest. Like, he could have kind of been like, ah, oh, you know, I got hurt and it just changed. You know, I, I realized I shouldn't do it. Like, he was very honest. Like, he had to really reflect on where he was, what he wanted from his career. And he, I, you know, I think it's a mixture of I wasn't going to get drafted where I wanted to get drafted. And secondarily, my tape wasn't what I wanted it to be. And he talked about some bad habits that he developed. And I thought that was pretty interesting as a guy who had watched his Stanford tape and thought, you know, Hey, there's this guy isn't, you know, people thinking he's just going to come in and you won't miss a beat from Anton Harrison. I didn't see that on tape, but now you kind of wonder like maybe there's more there than I thought there was. Luck of the draw there where I just got an eight minute one-on-one with Rouse. I, I don't know how that worked out. There's so many. They other hit t- him over in the back corner <laughs> they over did. there. They did hit him in the back corner. But I was like, wow. All right. I just they hit him going. and uh, PJ out of PJ was hidden too. Yep. What, here's the question I have coming out of that media day. Is it, is it real quick on uh, Rouse? Is it a huge thing that he's not going to be able to go through spring? 
No. Uh, no. no. You just For somebody that, with like, that much experience, yeah, he's going to be too fine. Much Aaron Parks, Caden Green, use it. This is this is your time. That's good. It's it, a bigger. It's not a, it's, it's a good point, Bob. It's a, it's almost a nice break in some ways for OU. They get to get a real look at some of these other guys. Sure. It's a bigger deal. Like Eric McCarty can't go through spring to me. Than, yes. Than that. I mean, he's recovering from his ligament. Was AC, it ACL? Yeah, and he's like July or August. So yeah, he's definitely. And he was not a big guy. I mean, like you know, he's he needs that weight room time. So. The development part of it, it's going to take. It's I would with as I'm many guys as they have in the in the sa- at safety though. I think that he probably was going to go into a redshirt anyways, wasn't he? It felt oh, I think like Kerry it. meant a bigger deal for him. Oh, just than, being able like, to get yeah, out there. Yeah, yeah. Not that McCarty's like a sure. change of the plan. Sure, you know, because I mean, guys. Again, they keep talking about all this depth at Cheetah and stuff, and I mean, like, guys, you look at that secondary, including Cheetah. There's a lot of talent there. It's got to it's got to all get ironed out and yep. still figure out where it's going to be, but there are some there's a lot to like there on paper. Yeah, I, I, it's going to be interesting to me like Peyton Bowen like how he comes along because I mean Billy Bowen played as a freshman, but when he got bigger through that first offseason, that's when he really started making a bigger impact. Uh and I think Bowen's Bowen's got to go through the same thing. Yeah, I thought he's just a skinny kid. Venable, he's not that skinny. I mean, he's he's not massive by any yeah, means. Yeah, but, but for a defensive back in Division One, he's not there yet. I mean, I'd take him over Justin Broyles yesterday. I'd take Peyton Bowen right now. <laughs> I I thought it was notable that you know what Venable said about how he understand. I, he knows schemes. No yeah. schemes very yeah, well. That was is, is basically mm-hmm. what he said, and that that kind of translates to me that he's ready from day one. What it did to me is it it was like, man, you, I wish you were here when Buki, Buki was here because they said all the same stuff about him. <laughs> well, that's coach what to I you. Was, <laughs> I, I thought it was interesting because there there was there's two sides of that coin because part of it is exactly what you guys are talking about. Like, well, okay, you know, he is so smart and he is so savvy, but when I saw him in Orlando, you know, obviously guys like you, you know Eddie Bob, we've all seen him playing for Geyer. But seeing him on Orlando amongst other guys, if you had told me, oh, you had a five-star DB there, I would have told you it was Jacoby Johnson because he's the one that you're like, dang, that looks like a guy. Peyton Bowen looks a lot like a lot of DBs that OU has brought in through the years where like once they got amongst the Alabama and Ohio State kids, you're like, huh, that's not as... That's not as impressive as I remembered it on the you know fields of Kansas or Oklahoma or wherever it may be. But at the same time, I've watched that kid play, and I know he's freaking good. Like, and, it's, and it really meshes with what Brent was talking about, where almost like the his ability to react and read makes him faster, makes him more impressive. Like he can do things faster in his head than some other young guys can. And then as he grits experience and learns from these veterans, it should only exponentially grow. So I, he's one of those kids, like, I feel like they're going to do all they can to get him as many reps as they can because kind of like what Kerry was talking about, heading into that sophomore year when he has a full you know year under his belt, couple of summers with Schmitty, he's going to look like a different kid and then all the other stuff you know comes into play as well. You know, we talked a lot about evaluation. You know who's great evaluators? Uh, Prime Shrimp. They know what flavors are, uh, and uh, they make some great shrimp. It's uh, really easy for you to cook. Uh, You just put it in boiling water, less than 10 minutes. You've got a gourmet meal sitting right in front of you. 
with premium shrimp, cooking bag convenience, uh, exceptional shrimp dishes. They've got the garlic herb butter shrimp, uh, signature Cajun seasoned shrimp, Louisiana boil uh, Cajun, New Orleans style barbecue, French Quarter Alfredo. I mean, uh, the hits just go on and on with these guys. And if you go to primeshrimp.com, it's P-R-I-M-E shrimp.com, and uh, place your order for at least five packs or more, you'll get 25% off your entire order using the promo code SOONERSCOOP. Uh, primeshrimp.com, uh, no mess, no fuss, just easy restaurant-quality uh, dinner for you in 10 minutes or less. Uh, and they've got the new simpler uh, packaging with uh, just one so you can get more flavors uh, for cheaper. So either $10.99 or $9.99, primeshrimp.com. Go check them out. Use that promo code SOONERSCOOP. Get 25% off of any five orders or more. So great uh, evaluators of flavor, if you will. So, uh, out, you know, out, you know, let's wrap that up. I mean, as far as the, the, the media day that we had, I mean, obviously, you know, we talked a little bit about Brent kind of talking about his roster depletion and rebuilding it and everything like that. Was there anything in particular that stood out to you? I, I guess, you know, I asked him there at the end about why did you do this? Uh, and basically saying that these guys were all going to be needed. So he wanted to kind of put them through the fire of dealing with the media. And he wants the fans to get to know him. Yeah. You know, these fans are going to be cheering for these guys that maybe even a month ago they didn't even know existed. Yeah, I mean, it's a great point. I mean, just like, you know, uh, you know, talking about Walter Rouse. Like, a lot of people don't know, oh, he's he's from Stanford and he's not going to go through spring because he had a, uh, was it torn labrum um, mm-hmm. that he had to have surgery on. And uh, it is weird because it's like this roster changes so quickly if you're just a casual fan, you're just like, who the hell are yep. these guys? Exactly. I mean, and that's well, sort of what he mentioned. It's just, you know, these are guys that we're going to be counting on. We And probably maybe some name image likeness incentives there, mm-hmm. too, to get their stories out there, let people know and really, who but these to, guys are. To me, it's not so much about the transfers. It's about the true freshmen. And those guys were all ready to go. And like we talked about earlier, all came off as really high character guys. Like they're recruiting it. I, I don't want to make speaking absolutes because that's kind of leaves yourself open to, you know, if something happens and something always happens, but I don't think we're going to have a three person robbery anytime soon with this group that we, we talked to. And that's disappointing. <laughs> that's your checklist. That's Eddie's your national championship. Checklist, uh, he, the, the odds just went down from the Eddie house of gambling. No, I, I, I very, I felt very confident that like you walk out of there and it's like, they, there is a certain checklist that these guys are, you know, obviously, uh, bringing with them to Norman. There's a little characters there. Yes, yeah, I, I definitely think so. And you know, I, that, I guess that's not necessarily surprising. And I think that we kind of find ourselves saying this every year about those guys. And then they go do something stupid, but it does feel like, uh, you know, that they're trying to instill a little bit of a, a new culture down there. And I did, I will say this. I did get the feeling talking to Jackson Arnold, like, you know, he's not here to just take, uh, Dylan Gabriel's job like he knows yeah. Dylan Gabriel's a quarterback I mean Dylan's been active he was his host when he came in on his official visit uh, they've known each other they've, they've gotten to know each other like he's going to come in and compete and if Dylan Gabriel slips up he's more than willing to take that job but I don't think he's here and, and going to be massively disappointed if he's not the starter at the end of spring I mean he he knows this is a process 
He needs to be the backup, though. He needs to be better than Bevel. And some would say, oh, God, that, yes. That's yeah. already happened, but that needs yeah, to be Yeah, just clear. showing up. That's already happened. That's 99% of our listening audience. He showed up the first day of class, and he became the second best We're quarterback. Good. The, on the 1% roster, so. that do not believe that are all somehow related to Davis Bevel. <laughs> uh,. Yeah, you know, it's one of those things like in recruiting, and I I always do this. I'm constantly typing like, oh, I I don't mean like typing on my computer, but like body typing. Like I'm looking at guys like, does he fit? Does he not fit? Like, oh, this guy's a great player, but he doesn't – he's not what OU usually recruits. And for so long, you knew what that was. Like that was one of the things I did love about Alex Grinch. I knew right away like that guy's not a guy I have to worry about because he does not – fit their measurables and they you know we all know they didn't care past that point um with venables there's there's some of that for sure but they're obviously we've seen more flexibility the lewis carters the eric mccarty's like they're willing to mix and match a little bit if they think a guy's a good player but what it does seem like they're not that flexible about is clearly a character type because as I was going to this camp that we've alluded to a couple of times I was listening to all the um the the various um, interviews that I hadn't had a chance to hear yet. And I mean, you're just like, dang, that guy, like, okay, he gets it. Like, and I mean, it's not like, (laughs) it's not the well-spoken articulate thing. It's the maturity, even amongst the freshmen, you were like, they would say things and you're like, wow, that, that dude gets it. Like there's every reason on earth for Jackson Arnold to come in and be like, I'm coming to try to take a job. Like, and I, I wouldn't even have a problem with him saying that I like a little brash, but at the same time, like, I know my situation here. I want to come in. I want to make Dylan Gabriel work for it. But I understand that in all likelihood, I'm going to be the number two guy this year. And it just little things like that, you're like, there's a there's a mindset that you can tell is very important when this staff goes through the evaluation process. Well, you mentioned uh, Josh going to camps and stuff. Uh, tell us kind of what that was all about and, and what you got out of it. I know there's a lot of younger guys that you got to see for the first time. Yeah, and, and that and that was I kind of knew it would be. Um, it, it's a camp that is very geared toward um, kind of twenty twenty five, twenty twenty six type guys, and I saw several of those guys. Um, you know, a couple of you know for our you know I know we have a lot of Oklahoma high school fans that listen. Guy named Cash Robertson, young defensive lineman from Jinx, that I know Jinx is very excited about. About six three, six four. 250 really moves around well uh would have played a lot last year for jinx but had an injury actually was talking to him during camp and he got hurt playing lacrosse so that kind of gives you an idea of the athlete you're talking about like 6'4 245 250 and you know took an injury you know out there running around like crazy like they do in lacrosse so i i was impressed with him um Probably the guy, though, that was most notable to me and that I think is clearly going to be a, a focal point of OU's efforts is Michael Fasusi, a 2025 offensive lineman from Louisville in Texas. Uh, OU offered him earlier in the spring. He was my brain cramp of the camp because I basically – I was like, man, I can't believe OU's not all over this guy. They'd offered him about two weeks before, and I just forgot about it. And I just totally forgot. Would have gotten a full interview with him, but we've spoken since then. Uh, he's planning to be at Oklahoma in the next – you know, like next month. Uh, I think maybe March 25th is what he's looking at. But um, – Clearly very impressed with Oklahoma early on. Big athletic guy, really long. Hasn't played a lot of football. And kind of one of those guys that I like a lot 
where he is about 6'5 and probably 265 right now, and he's just going to keep filling out. He's a, he's a Nigerian-born guy, uh, played a lot of soccer, so his feet are very good. Um, but, yeah, he was the guy that I like, came out of that camp and thinking, this is the – if there's a first-round draft pick here, this might be the guy. Like, he, he really has a ton of upside. But, you know, there were uh, several. I went to a secondary camp uh, so I, I could see Bryant Wesco later in the day. Uh, the big receiver really think that one may come down to TCU and OU. Um, but there's, there, there, it's not like it's down to that list, but that that's kind of what it's shaping up as right now. And, um, again, uh, th- there were, I, I, I saw probably through the course of the day, seven, eight OU offers. So it was a, it was a really productive day getting around Dallas. The gallery has no questions, I guess, for you. They're, it's they're so young. It's hard. Yeah. It's no, no. Bob <laughs> is creeped out by this discussion. <laughs> now, one guy will say a 2024 guy. Uh, actually, two, a couple in-state guys. Uh, Brody Duffel, the big offensive lineman from Bixby, was there. Uh, so was Harrison Utley from Norman North. Harrison literally, the first thing he did was run the 40, and I see him, and he's running right at me, and about. Five yards shy of the 40, he pulls up, and he pulled his hamstring. Um, so didn't get to really see him go, but I, I like Harrison a lot. Now, is he uh, Chase Utley's brother? No, but he actually is a baseball player, and I kind of asked him, because I mean, Harrison's 6'4", 6'5", and about 265. He's a big dude. Hmm. And I was like, what do you play, man? He goes, first base. I don't have to move around a lot there. I just hit home <laughs> runs, and it's fine. And I'm like, <laughs> I love it. Wasn't, so there, he, was a, there was an Utley that was a football player, wasn't there, not too long ago? A walk-on? Yules. Jackson Yules? Jackson Yules. Yeah, he's uh, yeah. Baker's Well, roommate. I know Jackson Yules, but uh, last name Utley, I thought. I thought OU has had an Utley uh, in the program before. Not sure. Nothing I remember. I can't. Not recently, at least. Maybe I'm so fing old. It was his dad. Oh, Jesus. I have no idea. No? I don't know. I can't think of you. Utley? Mm -hmm. I knew a Clint Utley. Shout out. (laughs) Stole a a couple golf carts back in his day. But no, I, I don't know. Just the Lions lineman started the thumbs up. Oh, Ooh. boy. What was that Utley's name? Mike. Mike Utley, yeah. Yep. I'm sure someone will tell us in the comments <laughs> of the pod thread when we yeah, get there. you idiots. I do not know that. <laughs> God. Uh, they are aggressive, but usually not that aggressive. Uh, so, yeah. Um, Bob, I'm not going to give you a lot of time for this. I'm just going to tell you right now. Um, but I guess we should start... With Bijan Cortez, I mean, yeah, uh, you know, the tweet Eddie and I were sitting in here. What was that about three hours before the about game? About two hours. About, about six o'clock. Okay. Six o'clock. Yeah. So he announces he's taking a leave from the team for personal reasons, uh, and then Sooners go out and uh, look lethargic against Texas Tech again last night. I yeah. thought they were making progress coming out of that Texas game. They and they they really were. You had Kansas State. You had a great showing in Austin, but that was another clunker. And it's just when Grant Sherfield can't score, it seems like the rest of the team just struggles to try to pick up the slack for him. They need him to be good first, and then maybe they can be good too. But when Grant doesn't have it, you see the rest of the team really doesn't either. We asked Jalen Hill about Bijan. So they team found out Monday, so it wasn't like a big shock Tuesday night. And then it was I just wanted to gauge Porter's 
reaction, you know, mannerisms when asked about it. And that felt genuine about the love and support about he's going to be welcomed back with, op- with open arms. He's a big part of the program. And I think that goes like I don't see Porter running people off. Like I know there's because I'm starting to speculate. Okay, who's coming back? Get processed. Exactly. Who's who's going to leave of their own accord? Who's going to get pushed out? And I don't think Porter is going to be that type of guy that you know opens the door for Bijan to walk on out. I think he wants to keep him. He wants to, his team to grow old together. I don't know if that's realistic in this day and age of college basketball. Well, that's something he's striving for. So I think you know we'll just kind of monitor what happens with. Bijan, does it turn out to be the rest of the season? Does it go even beyond this season? But it, it's clear he's got the support from teammates, coaches, and now it's just all about him trying to get right. As for the Sooners, are we just, we we can just declare the season it's over? Yes, because I I was still like, well, wait a minute, if they go six and twelve, and six, and that has a win in Ames or a win in Austin, you got enough quad one wins to make that argument. No, you're 13 and 15. You're just going to have to make the run of all runs in Kansas City in a couple weeks. And there's a legit argument to be made that they will not win another game rest of the season. Three and 15. That's what they would be in Big 12 play. Yeah. Three and 15. And and that's what the Texas Tech game is such a swing game. It's one of the the worst conference seasons yeah. in the history of OU basketball. They both would have been 4-11, and 11, but OU would have swept Tech, so they would have had that leg up for the number 9 seed, but now it's 5-10 and 10 versus 3-12, and 12, so you can go in and figure out Sooners will be the 10 seed. The thing that, that's, the to me, the, the biggest red flag with this team is that every time they've been put in a moment, especially at home, where they've needed a must-win, it's it's been just so deflated. They're eight and seven at They're home. They're eight and seven at home. It has not been pretty. To the last five minutes, if it's a one or two possession game, the energy in the arena says we know it's not going to be a win. I think they know that it's not going to be a win. <laughs> By the way, just just from a historical marker, uh, the last time that OU won three or fewer conference games in a season was nineteen sixty eight sixty nine. Oh shit. The last time that OU football and OU basketball both finished under 500 was, I believe, 1965. So it's been a, like, it's honestly, it's a little bit of surprise that neither of these teams have killed me. Like, I, it's surprising that I haven't had <laughs> we show up every day any type of media. heart attack. <laughs> well, you've lost a lot of weight, so you did, you did the perfect... I'm, Perfect time to get in shape. Sure. I'm trying to think Perfect what that is. It. It's embarrassing. I'm trying to think what that the year after Buddy before Trey, when Jordan Woodard was a senior, mm-hmm. that that was a grind too, but they, they had more than three wins in conference. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. It and even the ten eleven team, I, I think yeah. that was Cable's the, last year right. with like uh Nick Thompson and Carl Blair and some of those names. We were going over to the roster this morning. It's like when you start going over the roster from that team or even from the 14 team, I think it was, it's like, I don't know. They might have, those other teams might have had more talent than this team does. They, they have to get better basketball players. I actually, I think I'm, that they like, they, they try hard. You they're not like, they didn't go out there and quit. I think they worked their ass off. They just, they're just not shots. very good basketball players. And when some of those guys don't make shots, it, materializes in other ways where they don't do the other things necessary. It's funny. They said, Oh, we did so good except for this, this, and this. 
that's a big this, this, and this. Yeah. Defensive breakdowns, not not blocking out. When you're not doing that in the final five minutes, I don't care how clean you're trying to play the first 35. If you are just have, oh, air here or there, that's a big one where other teams aren't making them. It's just so far from acceptable that like the, the clock's ticking. It they is. have to go get better basketball players, particularly in the front court. And, you know, if, if you come out in, I, I don't even know when that, the, the, the clock would start or the clock would end for transfer portal stuff going into the summer. But if you come out of that without a big man, it's I'll, over. I'll be ready it's to fire over. him right I then. I mean, it, it will be. You have, that's your number one. You've got Caden Cooper. You've got Tega. You've got yeah, Lowe's. They have a you've good backcourt returning. Your backcourt's going to be just fine. You just need to hone in on any big that is going to be really worth the while. And you need to shoot shoot hard for it. You can't just like, oh, well, that we're not going to get this guy. So let's look at these plan B and plan C guys and see if this will work out. Yeah. You need to get some immediate difference makers. You also need to go get a uh, assistant coach because like that was yeah. kind of glossed over at the beginning of the season when you lose an assistant two weeks before opening tip. Like that's what we should have known, right? Incredible yeah. Me. Matt just, Brady and Sam, Sam Houston state. We all, we all should have known. Yeah. I mean, it, seriously, like I, it's time to start having serious conversations about Porter Moser. And if we already haven't just as far as like what that yeah, longevity is going to be, we're like. just going to, we'll, we'll find out with what happens with the portal. If they don't lose a lot of those freshmen and sophomore, then they're doing something sure. right. But if all of a sudden you see Tega hit or someone like Lowe's or, or I mean, we know CJ Nolan's going to hit. But outside of that, like if you start seeing any of those other younger guys, like, wait a minute, they're not. Yeah, they're not seeing the vision. They're telling us flat out this is not working and I'm getting out now. And I'm still not done with like somebody like, you know, you asked about uh, Luke Northweather yep. this this week. I You know, who knows what's that what that's going to look like when he actually gets out onto the court. But uh, they they have to make steps over the next couple months that at least gives you a little bit of hope that this thing's going to be better. Because if you look up and they're three and twelve again or whatever, you know, three hundred sixty five days from now, uh, I will I'll be ready to help him move. You've got three. Like, they can fire him during yeah. the middle of the season You've for got all I care. Th- three question marks, and I don't know which way they're going to go between Sherfield, Joe Bamisil, and Jalen Hill. Do they stay? Do they go? In the the makeup of that team changes drastically based on all three and what those guys choose. I'm probably to do. ready to not see another grows in a OU basketball uniform. I I don't think I you get will. anger when Jacobs on the floor now. I mean, Porter mentions times I'm getting how hard he's working, and I know when we showed up Monday. Jacob Groves was getting up shots, but it's not translating. It's not working. He's not even hitting the the rim. Yeah, for wide wide open threes, he's going nine minutes at his size without a rebound. That's not gonna work. That can't that can't happen. Josh, uh, that therapy session was brought to you by Dead Soxy. <laughs> DeadSoxy.com. They will calm you down when you put them on your feet. I I, I promise you. Uh, and we need to get a couple pairs for Eddie and Bob because that was a therapy session unlike any other. Go check them out, deadsoxy.com. Uh, they've got uh, great sales going on. And guess what? We use the promo code SCOOP. You still get 20% off, 25% off uh, even the sale items. So load up that cart knowing you're going to get 25% off using that promo code SCOOP. Uh, they've even got uh, the OU theme socks, or I shouldn't say the, the crimson and cream theme socks. 
Don't want to get them another cease and desist uh, like we got. Uh, so, yeah, go check them out. DeadSoxy.com. Great friends of the program uh, and even better socks. So uh, go check them out. And remember, as always, stay Soxy. Okay. Uh, we have a first loss from softball. Yes. Eddie and I uh, are, have been denied uh, doing a, a fantastic NIL program for the softball team, by the way. I did get a response the other day, Eddie. I don't care. We uh, we came. We have this great T-shirt idea, and, and this is kind of like where nil is stupid because it has so much red tape behind it. Like we want to do like a T-shirt that is a slogan for softball, which we know people are going to buy, but we've been told like we can't give that money to the players because it's not name, image, likeness. So I that's fine. We'll keep all the money. <laughs> well, that's what we said. It's like we'll keep like so we're probably going to do it anyway, and then just put that money like in a nil funnel that we have to figure out how to legally get to them. I don't know. It's stupid. Like, just let people sign up for a t-shirt. I'd rather just sell it and keep all the money now. <laughs> <laughs> could we have the slogan and like their name and jersey on the back? Like people could pick their favorite well, that's players. Dumb though. I mean, that's it that's... is. It's awful, but it's like the best <laughs> thing I can think of to make it work. I mean. It, Make a mainstream product and sell as many as you can and then give that money to the softball players. That's all we're saying. Like, mm-hmm. all right. So, uh, sorry, we've we had some interruptions during the pod. We've got a lot of contractors and stuff coming through. And by the way, I'm sure everyone is just fired up to know that the uh, epoxy people are have been hired. So, I'm just, I, I don't want to scare you, Josh, but it is very much like, my fence, my fence got knocked down last week, so uh, it's like everything else. They they tell you something and then they come and they're like, "Oh well, this is a problem too, and this is a problem too." So my fence went from fifteen hundred to twenty two hundred this this morning. Mm-hmm. Uh, the epoxy guy was like, "Oh, this is this is twenty six hundred for four hundred square feet," and he's like, "Oh, we got to do this. We got to do this. It's four thousand now." So that I told you, I t- my you know I don't think I've ever talked about this on Paul. My brother is a general contractor, and I had caught he. You and I talked. And I was like, well, let me give him a call. And he was a lot of the things you've mentioned. Like he was like, okay, you got to see if there's tax stripping. You got to go over that. Like if you guys want to level it out, it's going to be different. And I was like, okay. So he, he had actually told, he was like, if you want me to get in touch with Carrie, you know, let me, let me have his number and I'll give him a call. But uh, you were already down the road. So like, it's fine. But, um, you don't think we're getting hosed. Is, no, no, no. He, he, he was telling me that it was, it was not going to be insubstantial. So, <laughs> even I even at a brother discount price, we just need our main guys that work with us. They're just like, yes, I do that for two dollars. I mean, like, Tereso is the best man. He's just he does everything, and it's just the price. I, I, he I'm says. glad you added a name in there because otherwise that was that was going to be our is it racist? Is it racist? That, that was, was going to be bad. <laughs> Eddie has seen him. He's like, good, good. It's like those things. Uh, <laughs> It's like those, uh, there's that thing on TikTok and like Instagram reels where the guy like, it's like a work site disaster. He's like, Mr. George, uh, the new guy you hired, he's no good. And it's a guy like driving a truck off of a bridge or something. Uh, that's what, it's just, I love it. It's fantastic. Spending money. It's great. But I mean, we are really close if you're curious on the, on the offices. We've got, it looks good. Uh, it's a mess right now because we've got two rooms cleared out for the epoxy, but we're very close to having our studios back. Very, very close. I would say definitely in the next two weeks we'll be up and running. 
And that means we're not far from you guys getting to see all of our smiling faces when we record these things. They're going to say, turn it off. Seriously, <laughs> Go no back to video. just audio. So, yeah, I'm prepared for that. Just so you know, I'm, I'm, I've been preparing myself. Uh, all right. Um, baseball, Sooners uh, dropped the first series, uh, but they've been playing a lot of ball. Big win, uh, big late win over uh, Air Force the other night. And uh, we got uh, who they got? To, they got another game today, right? Yeah, Abilene. Yeah. Abilene Christian. Okay. Yeah, down in uh, Arlington. I mean, it it is what it is. It, you said that it was going to be a slow start until they get the pitching it, figured it's out. It's going to be about a month and a half before you really figure out like who's going to be pitching, and the, even the guys that I think that they're going to be counting on towards the end of the year, whether it be a Griffin Miller or a Colton Sunloft or Blake Bales. There's there's a lot of guys that they don't have right now. It's it's going to be predominant on like who comes out of the bullpen because the starting pitching is it's going to be a work in progress. Like and Skip has talked about it time and time again. You're either uh, going to accept it or you're just not listening. Like they're going to have to develop guys. The uh, closer that came in in the first win of the series, he looked good. Did he come back out the, the other two nights? Yeah, he gave a three-run homer on Sunday. Okay, so I'm so good there. Uh, but, I mean, he's still going to be good. Aaron, Aaron Calhoun, he's a, he's a sophomore, though. Like, I like he's, him. He's I very, mean, very young. A lot of movement on his ball, throws in the 90s. I mean, he looks a, like he, he has a few different pitches. He had a really good uh, run up at the Cape this past summer. So, I mean, it, the talent is there. It's just going to take some time for some of these guys to come through. I mean, I some of the uh, and you know offensively they didn't hit the ball over the weekend very well against uh, Cal Baptist. Uh, you know the two guys that come out of the weekend are the two newcomers, Anthony McKenzie and uh, Dakota Harris. Both had really good weekends at the plate. Uh, slow start for Jackson Nicholas. Slow start for John Spikerman. Slow start for Kendall Pettis. That stuff's going to come together. I I don't think they're too worried about that offensively. Mason Strong still coming back from. Thumb injury, he's going to need to push Easton Carmichael at the catcher a little bit. So, uh, you know, it'll be kind of interesting to see how long it takes for some of these guys to come together, but uh, they should be fine. I, I'm i not just incredibly worried, uh, even after the Cal Baptist loss. Yeah, you kind of snapped at me there. I was out, of the, I was out of the zone. Uh, no, I mean, I, I don't think anybody's worried. I mean, it's just... Watch some baseball, see but you get the, better. Like, to sit around and say that like you should expect this team to go to Omaha or anything like that, it's far from that. Yeah. Uh, Big 12 is going to be really, really good again. Uh, and it's college baseball. I mean, you look up last night, and I think there was five uh, like top 12 teams that all got beat. Like Lamar went and beat uh, Texas A&M. Uh, Vanderbilt got beat yesterday by Central Arkansas. Like, it's just – it's weird. Well, and then softball, uh, you know – they were what was that was in Waco, right? It was that, in Waco, yes. And they they lose them four uh, three, first loss of the year. But I gotta think, Patty kind of smiles at that a little bit. Like, yeah. yes, we went undefeated. And, yeah, that, you, know. you don't have to worry about you know being forty fifty and zero and having that hang hang over your head. Now it's, it's out of the yeah, way. It became early. such a burden last it year. It did. It did. And so now you just hey, you got to figure it out now. You know, the bats have got to start coming around and start looking as confused as they've been in the first couple weekends. But, boy, they've got a great bounce-back shot this weekend. The Mary Nutter Collegiate Classic. What a name that is. Uh, Cal this is, State this is one of the big ones. Is yeah. It? Like, they have Mary this every Nutter. year. I think this is the one that uh, 
you saw all of these scenes last year, wasn't it? Where everybody thought Jossie was going to break the record out there. And there was like, you know, 8,000 people at those games. Uh, but yeah. Cal State, Fullerton, Texas A&M, Utah, Loyola, Marymount, and UCLA. UCLA is the big one, right? Yeah, the Aggies are borderline top uh, top 25, depending on what poll you uh, look at. But then Sunday, 11-30, one versus two with a one now being the Bruins. That That's how you just erase what happened against Baylor. And that's five games in three days? Yeah. Yeah. So, going to get to play a lot of softball. That would be cool. Uh, and that will be on Flow Softball. Flow Softball, yeah. unfortunately. Sorry, people. Or locally, you can listen uh, either on the franchise. Always listen on the franchise. Two. What is two? Oh, that's AM. Okay. Uh, so, yeah. Um, Baseball's on ESPN Plus on Wednesday, and then um, I th- I'm pretty sure the rider stuff. It'll be hit and miss this weekend, though. I don't think the weather's supposed to be very good around here, so... I think like the high is 40 on Friday and then it's supposed to rain all weekend. So I don't know. They might be flying out those uh, guys from uh, New Jersey. I think riders <laughs> in like Lawrenceville, New Jersey or something. Oh yeah. They're getting killed. They might the be uh, today. Oh, New Jersey is. Yeah. Uh, they, they, I mean, all Minneapolis, the, everything North, like, like uh, South Dakota is getting murdered and better them than us. Yes. I much prefer that. All right. Anything else that you guys wanted to touch on before we get out of here today? No, I don't think so. The, and he hates uh, plumbers. I learned that from the show today. Why? You seem very annoyed by the plumber. Oh, no, I wasn't. <laughs> the, uh, no, they do a service that we have to have. The uh, I mean, Alabama you ha- stuff How is the apartment, by the way? It, it, I don't want to talk about it. There we go. <laughs> With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, Quick strategic thinking is crucial, and with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown, and through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> so it, it, was, it was hopeful run, yesterday, it's now basically it's basically running my life. Well, don't pay for rent again. Might not. That has been like one of the craziest things I've ever seen anybody go through what you're going through in the apartment. It's insane. Eddie, I I feel like you don't talk, like you like to say things don't bother you. You're like, I don't have a problem with the plumber when clearly it's a personal thing. It's hitting close to home. Not the the, the plumber's not the issue. The plumber's work or lack of work. I just want you to know this is a safe space. His apartment. You can talk about these. No, things. they're con- let people I think know. it's the it's contractors down there or up in Oklahoma City. Mm. I don't even know what they're doing. So I'm just sick of living plumber, in smaller. You hate my brother. Is what you're no. saying? No, okay. I, yeah. I'm just sick of living in the situation <laughs> that I am. Oh, I don't. I don't blame you at all. That it's. I, I'm with Carrie. D- don't pay rent. Don't pay rent. Done. No way. Mm-mm. That, that there's like any court of law would back you. Yep. You just have to know: is it worth the hassle to to you to go through the process? That's true. No, I I want every person that's like associated with this to die. <laughs> <laughs> okay, the court of law is not going to back that's, you on that. That's one. not going to work. He didn't even take his car being towed this hard. I mean, it's been course, two months. That was taken care of in a day, and you're only yeah. out a couple hundred bucks. 
This has been two months. Yeah, it's it's, and it's ridiculous. Christmas. You took it so well when it happened. Yeah, because I thought it was gonna get gonna fixed be done and by like time you know get back. Maybe even, yeah, by the time we got back from Orlando or something. Yep. And now it's like I'm so sick of uh, just having to go home and sit in my room. There's like it's it's ridiculous. I feel like Carrie today and might I be a today might be a uh, right now. It might be a a day of uh, meltdown. I might go up there and just absolutely lose my mind. <laughs> it's that carryover from basketball because i'm the same way i'm a little on edge yeah these these, these <laughs> i think my dad said it best last night when uh, i called him on the way back home to oklahoma city last night he's like well you still up oh yeah well <laughs> at least you don't have to watch this shit on the midweek anymore i was like yeah that's true by the way uh not not from a journalist perspective although it's hard not to have it but what did you guys think about the uh I don't know demands the right words, but Chris Del Conte, two thirty Texas. I hate it. Ooh, yeah, hate that's it? true. I hate it. Is yep. it good for the fans though? Uh, I, I, it's somewhere split. Like I think anywhere that you're going to have to be getting, uh, you know, Ubers or whatever, out at the state fair at you know seven, eight, nine really late at night. Still, is it's kinda, still going to be a bitch. Yeah, yeah. I just. I mean, I, let's be honest. Like the the fair is not the easiest place in the world to get to to leave, and it's not a good there's, place. Nope. There, it, there's exactly. nothing. Fair Park great is a about bad it. area. Nope. Yeah. So I I hate it just for the aspect of I think everybody's kind of gotten this groove where the 11 a.m. game is there's a uniqueness to it. There's you know something kind of special about it, and being able to get done and have a nice little evening in Dallas is always kind of fun for me, but. Yeah, and that's what, you know, I, I'm the same way. You know, as a fan, like, we all went to it as a fan. And, you know, Eddie, you and I probably as kids almost, you know, were going to the State Fair and going to OU Texas. And we had a tradition. Uh, and that was that was a great part of my life. And I ran that race. And then I got into the media. Uh, and then I developed media traditions. I mean, which is went and met my best friend and his family as soon as, you know, we all the stories were written and the radio was done. And we go to Del Frisco, and that was a yearly thing. Uh, and then his parents passed away, you know, a few years ago, and we haven't been doing that. So, like that race has now been run because he's not even going to OU Texas anymore because um, he's got kids that are growing up and they're not really into OU football. Uh, but like, I think at two thirty, people will start to develop new traditions, and if it just stays at two thirty. You know, it's not going to be the same as it was when you, you know, had 11 o'clock games, but you're going to figure things out and it's going to become a staple of your life every year. 2.30 kickoff sucks. It lets you party more on Friday night. Of course, if you're young, it doesn't matter. 11 o'clock, you, you survive <laughs> and matter. you just advance. Anyway, yeah. part of, that's part of the tradition. Right. Well, it, it weeds out those people like because only the strong can survive with 11 a.m. kickoffs like sure. that's a you're going to go home a little earlier probably when you damn well should because you got too old I want to know but, I mean I want someone to contact us uh, we don't do this enough uh, our Twitter page at Sooner Scoop uh, Carrie A. Murdoch Eddie Ratto is it Eddie just Eddie Ratto Twitter yeah yeah E-D-D-I-E underscore Ratto and B. P Prisbillo? B Prisbillo. Okay, not the that's your email has the extra yep. P. Yep. Uh Mr. Paul. Uh and then Josh, you changed it, right? At Josh McQuistion or is it underscore? Josh underscore scoop. It, it it's just Josh underscore scoop. Okay. Yep. So I mean, reach out, but here's my question for anyone out there. Have you been arrested at West End and made kickoff the next day for eleven AM? Is think, that possible? I think most people that uh 
probably would have gotten arrested on the West End or probably more of the Facebook community. Not in a, not in a certain part of the, of life. Like West End used to be the only West place. West End was the yeah exactly. Was it was never a thing in my life. See, you were just yep. it was it was before your time. Yeah, one hundred percent. Yeah, but like during our time, my like Josh and I's probably mm-hmm. like it was and Bob apparently too. It was the place to be. It was. Everybody went down yep. there, mm-hmm. and they literally just had paddy wagons parked right in the alley. And everyone that was getting into fights or was unruly, they would just grab them. They'd put them in the plastic handcuffs because they didn't have enough metal handcuffs. So they'd put the plastic cuffs on you and just throw you in the paddy wagon. And when it got full, they'd just take everyone to the police station. And I want to know, do those people, does any of those people actually make it to the game the next day? Has that ever happened to you? Hit any of us up I had a couple Twitter. of fraternity brothers got arrested and they, I think, made it over there by halftime. Really? Yeah. Okay. I nearly got arrested one time, but I didn't get arrested. I got I got home, but that was that was before that uh, Arkansas Cotton Bowl. That was mm. also I think that was a 10 a.m. That kick, was a 10 a.m. game on was, uh, New Year's yes. Day. <laughs> it was cold as it was hell. cold. Oh my god, it sounds awful. Day. I wouldn't say I've been close to being arrested, but I have got the urination in public uh, ticket in Dallas. I, I should have. I peed under the bridge just there north of uh, downtown. Once upon a time, because we got stuck in traffic on the way to on the way to OU Texas. I'm just trying to think. I, so, yeah, the only time I've ever been close to being arrested was in Oklahoma City in cahoots. That's another story for another day. Um, so yeah, I the two thirty thing. I I know people, some people, a lot of people are going to have problems with it, but I think everyone will adjust eventually. I just will not be wearing nice watches to the to the Cotton Bowl anymore. Hey, I know we're trying to wrap up, but something we like almost the second we stopped recording last week, we realized we didn't talk at all about the SEC scheduling stuff. Right. Should we go into that a little bit? Do we want to save that? Like, what, what do we want? Let's I don't, not, like, and then just make it an anti cliffhanger. Okay. <laughs> no, you good. open the door. We have to walk through it. <laughs> you can't. Okay, great. I know you're you're just usually yell talking as a guest on radio, but that's not how radio works, pal. I mean, we can just make it everybody just going to be foaming at the mouth for next week. And then we spend like two minutes on it. It's almost a cruel joke. That would be exactly how it would get. No, but I mean, <laughs> I to be honest, I don't give a damn about the scheduling. I mean, what's hap- going to happen is going to happen. Like, I'm going to want to look at it and say, OK, uh, we're going here and there and there. And oh, God, that's going to cost more than that. And, um, you know, it's I, I just. Whether you're in a pod with, I mean, I think it'd be stupid if OU is stuck in a pod with Missouri because they're not rivals. I mean, we talked about. Why do about people this. keep trying to make that a thing? I don't. Know. It's all it the people that really liked watching OU basketball play Missouri basketball when Billy Tubbs and Norm uh, Stewart Stewart were coaches. And Another that's thing that's never been something in my rivalry. lifetime. People that <laughs> lo- people that remember the name Derek Chivas think it's a rival. Oh. I mean. For football, I just John two, Sullivan. Like, Two thousand seven is the Sullivan? only year that stands out to me for OU Missouri. Yeah, well, the color guy. No, no, I'm thinking the he was he was a point guard for Missouri, right? John well, Sullivan. That's an old guy. Yeah, I'm thinking who was the irritant white? There were two back to back. Oh, oh, oh. There was like uh, Sutherland. Sutherland. John Sutherland. Yeah. Yes. Was yes. it John Sutherland? So, uh, I no, think, he was like John. one of the first. Derek, it was Derek, Derek Sutherland. Sutherland. Yeah. He was like the first guy that wore like Graham. the uh, the cutoff T-shirt or whatever. Yeah, he was underneath his jersey. And then there was, there was a tall guy named Derek something after him. 
It, was it Derek Grimm? Derek it was Grimm. A, uh, it was Grimm. Derek Grimm. There you go. Oh, nice, nice, nice. But pull. the great thing is, like, you know, they hated Eduardo Nahara. The Antlers hated Nahara so much. Like, uh, and Nahara did do one of the when someone was uh, had a free layup and he swiped the back of their head and hit him, and their crowd just went. Nuts. And they, I don't even think they called a foul on it. Like, missed it or something. Uh, I mean, there were some great angry games between Missouri and, and OU over the year, but really the only rivalry was back in the Derek Chivas type days. Who was the guy that wore the uh, Band-Aid over his eye? Was that Derek Chivas that uh, Nelly, uh, did, he wore a Band-Aid because of that guy? I couldn't tell you. I don't know. I don't, know. I don't remember. I, that, that is, that's even a little before me, Kerry. I don't remember that one that well. Uh, I know the name, but I don't remember it. It, um, it does seem like there's a lot of momentum that Florida is going to be that third opponent for Oklahoma. That's I, I was going to say the same. That's what I'm hearing a lot of is that it's it's Florida. Like it sounds like that, and it, I keep hearing by like end of March it'll be public. Which, what the, what, what the schedule is like, going to be? If it's going to be Florida, that that's okay. Like right. I I don't think I have a problem with it. I think that's awesome. I'd much rather that than Texas, Missouri, and Arkansas. Like, I mean, that that's cool. But, I, I guys, for me, the Arkansas OU, like, if you're going to create a rivalry, that one makes a lot more sense to me than Missouri. 100%. Yes. 100%. I'm down for OU Missouri yep. or OU Arkansas being in the same pod. But I, I love the idea of a kind of cross, you know, because I know they're not going to have divisions anymore, but it feels like SEC West, SEC East, huge national brands finding a way to play and you know because and people are like well it's a manufactured rivalry what the hell else is there gonna be like OU has one rival in this conference A&M is not a rival like people try to build that story too like that that's not a thing Texas is OU's lone existing rival and I I, I think Texas is the only school that is pretty obvious and who their three schools yeah, but, are I mean, be. Look, Arkansas, A&M, and OU. We can shit on A&M, deservedly so, and, and, and absolutely warranted. But they did play in the same conference together. And you can't say... I mean, I know that doesn't make OU and Missouri a rival, but yeah. it is fun hating on Texas A&M. It just oh, is. I wouldn't hate that. I, I'm just saying, like, be honest about what it is. Like, any of these rivalries are going to be manufactured. At least OU and Florida have played in a massive game in the re in recent memory. Like, there's some connection between those schools. Um, you know, A&M and OU, that was, I mean, like, there's a couple good ones in there. Obviously, the the 2000 game, and then you had the the upset year, and what was that, 03? Uh, 77, nothing no, was that. 02. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, and then you had the one, uh, you know, later on. But, I mean, by and large, it, A&M was just another win for OU. Like, I mean, there's no other way to say that. Um, so, I What are we? I, I what are we are, how big are the pods that we're thinking? Are they four? Are they six? Are they eight? I don't think there are well, going to be pods. They're not, they keep saying they're not doing pods. Okay. The, it's just going to be three random, not random. It's going to be the three-six model where you – yeah. You have the three teams that you always games. play. I think it'll be nine games instead in three of six yeah. instead of I, seven one. You've got to think that is part of, like, as the SEC is pushing ESPN to help them get the exit done, the SEC is like, yeah, we want nine games. Like, <laughs> you know, like, we're, we're going to, we don't want to broadcast that, you know, Alabama versus Akron game. We, we want Alabama versus South Carolina or whatever it's going to be. So, 
um, surely they'll push in that direction. But I, again, like I, I like that. Um, and I, what I like about this is it, I think they're going to focus on matchups rather than, well, let's make it fair. And you know, if somebody gets a Vanderbilt or no man, like we're going to a 12 team playoff. You don't like if a couple, if a, if OU loses two games and that SEC, they're still going to the playoffs. Correct. Like, that's still going to happen. So uh, you don't have to schedule like that and worry about that shit anymore. I, in a really good year, I think a 9-3 and three team could get in, like if, if in the right situation. Um, now, well, and, I know and people to, that, and, that's crazy, but whatever. And to this point, if a, you have a 12-team playoff, you want to have the best strength of schedule possible because yes. that all will be still taken into advance, you know, advisement. And I, talk about a like if OU can get their shit together and get back on track and just make last year the aberration. Talk about a good time to get a hold of Florida. Like if Florida's going to be your team, Florida ain't the Florida we all grew up with. Like that that they're I mean now they may get there. I think Bill and Napier is really good, but they're like they aren't streamlined and all set up to be perfect as they were under Spurrier and Meyer. What was the what's the Oh, yeah, it was the funny thing about Napier was they had that NIL deal signed by DeSantis, and he showed up at it, and this was on the heels of the worst. The, the Basically, the deal that caused them to push that bill through was Billy Na- well, not Billy Napier's fault, but Florida's fault. The mm. $13 million deal or whatever it yeah, was. Yeah, with Rashada. With, yeah, Jade Rashada or whatever. By the way, Oklahoma's trying to push something through that's interesting. I missed this. Uh, there's a Senate Bill 840, 820. I can't remember. I have, don't have it in front of me. But they want to make it to where, like, the Sooner Club or the Posse can raise NIL funds. Now, doing deals is another thing, but that's what that's what Florida basically did. And that's A&M, the 12th Man Foundation. They're allowing them to do that now. Now, the NCAA still has to kind of sign off on that, I think, but... Because you know, employees of the university are not supposed to be able to do NIL deals, but that will be something. You talk about the collectives that are going right now. It would not surprise me if that goes through. If one Oklahoma just hands everything over to OU. Now, Crimson and Cream is uh, they're really student athlete NIL, which is the company that's behind Crimson and Cream. So it's like out of New Jersey. They're in it to make money. So. I don't know that they would just fold. And that's not a bad thing. I'm not saying that as a negative. I'm just saying they're a business. So I don't think they would just hand it. But I will say this. If this does pass, I doubt OU will ever say another word about any other collective except for the Sooner Club. Like they will not tell you to, they will not promote anyone or tell you to donate to a collective. It'll all be, if you want to help NIL send money to, Sooner Club Plus or whatever they're going to call it, like A&M's doing. And that's just smart. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, I ranted last week about making middlemen. If you're going to take the middlemen out, yeah. don't don't give them the avenue. And I, I don't mean that as a shot to the other NILs. Like, it just, we're streamlining and we get to, you know, because look what happened at Florida, where you get this situation where a guy was trying to help. He was trying to do the, a, a good thing. But he just got out over his skis as to where OU says, okay, we, we're we in charge of this from, from beginning to end. So we don't have these just, ridiculous deals that are put in place. Exactly. Especially with a with a coaching staff, you know, led by Brent Venables, that has such a clear vision of what they want NIL to mean 
to their players. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's interesting time and everything's changing, but you know, it's, I know fans will be upset because they're like, we just got this going and everybody signed up. And so now all this has to go away, but you know, it doesn't go away. It's just changing hands. And we all knew that the the universities were going to control this stuff eventually. And if that's starting to happen, so we'll see how it goes. I mean, I'm not sitting here saying, okay, Crimson Cream is dead or one Oklahoma is dead. It's just if OU has control of the money, <laughs> there's really not any point of having those collectives. So we'll keep an eye on it for you. Uh, all right, guys, I think uh, that'll do it for this week. Uh, we'll be back next week after, uh, I don't know, more bad basketball. Uh, baseball, hopefully, you know, gets on track a little bit more. Um, and then softball, we'll see where they go with a big uh, tournament coming up, a big uh, uh, trip coming up, big uh, classic, whatever you want to call it. So, uh, And then recruiting will start heating up again, and uh, that'll be great as well. And uh, hopefully we'll be uh, working our way towards video stuff uh, by the time spring practice starts. Uh, I will tell you this. Let's see. We're sitting here the 22nd. When we pod next Wednesday, there will be a major announcement for everyone on March the 1st. Big future-changing announcement for Sooner Scoop. So, there you go. Now you can There's your tease. guess whatever you want. So, <laughs> we'll be back again next week for a big, big edition of the Unofficial 40 Podcast right here on Soonerscoop.com.